You've got the luck of the Irish. Total Wine will shamrock your world with over 15,000 wine spirits and beers. That means you can have your Irish whiskey, your Guinness every which way, and keep more gold in your pot. And our friendly leprechauns are standing by, ready to guide you to everything you need to celebrate the Emerald Isle. So this St. Paddy's Day, wear more green, spend less of it. Schlanka, that's cheers in Irish. Explore more at TotalWine.com. Drink responsibly, be 21. Season 2, Episode 3. Here we go. This is our, our hat trick for the week, DB. Our third episode of this week. Third episode of Season 2. Are you ready? I'm ready. Uh, very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to everybody, but let's do it, Jay. All right. So today's program is coming to you from the Constantine Pushkarov Studios here in Los Angeles. And uh, DB, I will actually be pretty amazed if you know the name of the studio today. No, no. Okay, you so me on that one. I, I, I will help you. Yes. Uh, basically, uh, with the World Junior Championships coming up, and that's going to be the focus uh, of today's program and pretty much a lot of the focus of the coverage in the hockey world for the next couple of weeks. The first game of the tournament for Team USA kicks off against Team Russia. And of course, USA Russia, uh, just what a great rivalry. And of course, uh, it's going to stir up memories of the 1980 Olympics and all sorts of good stuff. Um, but you know, there have been a lot of American-born players that have been drafted by the LA Kings, and not too many Russian-born players have actually played for the LA Kings, let alone been drafted by them. But uh, back in 2003, the Kings drafted a player in the second round, 44th overall, which was Pushkarov, and he actually played 17 games for the LA Kings. He played one game in the 05-06 season after spending the whole year pretty much in Manchester. He had a decent year in Manchester that year, by the way. Uh, first year uh, in the American League, 77 games played. He put up 19 goals, 38 points. He did ha- play that one game in LA, like I mentioned. The following year, he spent... The majority of the year in match, 35 games there. Uh, he did play 16 games with the Kings as well, including scoring two goals. And that was it, 17 games. Uh, and that, he was done. Uh, he moved on from the Kings. He played a couple years for the Iowa Stars in the AHL and then uh, finished up his career playing in the KHL from 2010 to 2018. So Pushkarov, a second-round pick, one of those 
you know, guys that you would have expected more from, but the Kings have not always historically done well in the draft, as we all know, DB, especially prior to 2006 and the, the house cleaning that, uh, that took place once Dean Lombardi came in. Uh, the results have been, well, they've been much better for the LA Kings. So look, over the next couple of weeks, all of the attention and focus is going to be on the World Junior Championships. The NHL is still a couple of weeks away from returning. Uh, This is great. We've been hyping this up on the program for the last couple of weeks as well. And, you know, I think more people than ever before, DB, are going to be watching the tournament this year just because it is the only hockey that's available on TV. And so because of that, you're going to have some newbies that maybe aren't familiar with how the tournament works. Now, if you've watched the Olympics before, uh, it's a very similar setup in the sense that you have a round-robin portion where you're in a group or a pool, it's called pool play uh, or round robin play, where you play every opponent that's in your division, and then based upon the points and the seedings, you then go into the quote-unquote playoffs or the playoff round during the second week of the tournament, uh, and it's based upon the seeds. So let's just quickly uh, uh, go over this. The U.S. is in a pool that does not include Canada, so the only way that U.S. would play Canada this year uh, would be in, in the medal rounds, in, in the playoff rounds. Um, you I shouldn't say the medal rounds because they actually can play in the playoff round depending how the seeds go. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but the the pool play, for those that wonder, like, well, how do, how do certain teams end up in the different pools? It's based upon the way that you finished in the tournament last year. So within a couple of hours of the tournament ending last year, the pools were put together, and then you knew who you were going to be playing, um, all the different countries. So the tournament actually opens up on Christmas Day, on December 25th, Slovakia against Switzerland. And, of course, for uh, Team Slovakia, the Kings have Martin Kromiak, who was one of the uh, draft picks from the 2020 NHL draft. So you have a King a Kings prospect playing in that game. The second game is going to be Finland versus Germany. Uh, and that, all these games are on NHL Network, by the way. Uh, and you do have a Kings prospect there in uh, Simon Tyvel who will be playing for Finland. And then the marquee game of the day, the last game of the day, uh, would be the U.S. versus Russia. And, of course, on Team USA, three players, DB. Brock Faber, Arthur Kaliev, Alex Turcott. Hey, by the way, all three of those guys, recent guests on Kings of the Podcast. Absolutely. And, you know, Chromiak did very well. I guess that was, what, uh, Wednesday night in the exhibition game against uh, the Czech Republic. Craig Butler's really talking about big time, so he he showed very, very well. I have a question for you, Jay. Big picture. Do you think it's feasible in the future to move this tournament to, let's say, September, October, to get the same type of eyeballs on it prior to the NHL season starting, assuming it starts in October? Could they even execute it in September? Could it be done? Sure, why not? You do, you, you, you know, you play the summer showcase and you try to get the teams organized and get them together and, and it would cut down the need for a second camp which takes place in December right before the tournament. Um, but if there's one thing that we've learned, Dennis, it's that the hockey world is not easy to change. And in this case, you're not only just talking about like North America, but you'd be talking about every country and it would, it would be such a dramatic difference to the schedule. I mean, think about the NHL, for example. There have been talks for years that would it, wouldn't it be better for the NHL to start a couple of months later and avoid right. the NFL and then maybe have the season extended? But because it's so difficult to sync up with the rest of the hockey world, like the, where the draft falls and everything else, it's such a challenge. Uh, I, I just don't think that it, it's, it's really something that's on the table. I, I would be open for it. I just, again, I don't think it's something that uh, you'd get a lot of uh, – 
agreement on. You just don't get agreement when you're talking about 10 countries. And really, it's more than 10 countries because in addition to this tournament playing, there's a secondary tournament. We won't even talk about it. But there's a secondary tournament uh, that happens underneath this of teams that are trying to play in because uh, there's uh, relegation that normally takes place as well with teams coming in and out. So the top eight teams stick around. So it's just a scheduling nightmare there. No, So I guess the short answer would be, yeah, I, I really don't think that that's possible. Let's up. Let's uh, finish up on the schedule here, DB. So Group B, which is the the, the pool that the U.S. is in, it also does feature Sweden, uh, Russia. Uh, you have Slovakia and Austria that are in there as well. And then, I'm sorry, not Slovakia, the Czech Republic, excuse me. And then over in Group A is where Slovakia is. That's where Canada is. That's where Finland is. That's also where Germany and Switzerland are. So uh, just to hit a couple of the highlights here again on the schedule, I won't go through the whole schedule. People can look it up online. We did hit day one, which is Friday, the 25th. Day two, uh, you see the Czech Republic goes up against Sweden. There'll be some kings on kings crime potentially in that game if Perik slides into goal for the uh, for the Czech team you certainly will have Bjornfoot who's wearing an A for team Sweden uh, playing in the blue and yellow the second game of the day interesting timing there the second game of the day is Canada versus Germany uh, and for team Canada of course Quentin Byfield and Jordan Spence uh, Byfield is wearing 19 for those of you that don't know and then the third game would be Austria versus the United States. And, of course, the U.S. has the same three players that we mentioned earlier. So the tournament continues the 27th, the 28th, the 29th, the 30th. And then the the the, the big day, typically, in the round robin, they, they try to match up the best teams um, on New Year's Eve, which is why when Canada and the U.S. are in the same pool, which is not the case this year, but when they are, that game is always on New Year's Eve. Um, but this year, Canada and the U.S. have... Some pretty strong opponents. Um, You have Finland playing Canada. Now, Finland is not uh, projected to do as well as they've been doing recently. They've won some gold medals, and they've knocked out the U.S. uh, the last two years as well. But they're just a little thin this year from a roster perspective. You can't sleep on them, though. Finland also knocked out Canada when Canada hosted the tournament uh, up in Vancouver, which which was a funny story in and of itself. But... um, Uh, Finland versus Canada, and then you have the U.S. versus Sweden, Um, a big game. Sweden never loses in the round robin. They they don't always do well in the playoffs, but they never lose in the round robin. So that's a big game. That's on New Year's Eve. It starts at 6.30 p.m., so you can still have time to, I guess, party if that's a thing still in 2020 after that, uh, the U.S. versus Sweden. The real thing I wanted to talk about, DB, though, would be the way the playoff format works um, because it's important to understand about the crossover. So the way it essentially works is you have 10 teams that are in the tournament. You have um, five teams in each pool. The top four teams from each pool advance to the playoffs, and there's a crossover. So if you're the top seed, number one, then you play number four on the other side, and and so on and so forth. So it's, it's possible... Uh, for the U.S. to end up playing Canada, but not likely in the first round because they're on opposite sides of the ladder is what I'm saying. So if you figure that Canada and Finland are probably the top two teams in the in uh, Group A, Pool A, uh, then if you figure that the U.S. and, and Sweden or Russia, you can take your pick there, um, if those teams finish one and two, then they would not match up with one and two. No one told you that there would be math today, Dennis, so I apologize. Uh, I probably needed a, a visual diagram for this. But the, the point is, 
and we'll tweet about this later so people will understand. But the point is that there's a crossover that takes place. So the playoffs don't work the same way that they do in the NHL where, you know, you're, you're playing within your division, if you will. It doesn't work that way. There's a crossover to where A plays B. A1 plays B4 and so on. So I'll explain that on Twitter so people can study it, and there will be a test later. But it all basically uh, then then starts to kick off right after – uh, New Year's Eve. Everybody, everybody gets off on January 1st so they can recover from their hangovers on New Year's Eve. And then the January 2nd is really the big day of the tournament because January 2nd is the knockout round. That is when you know, uh, the playoffs begin, and there's four games that day. It's the heaviest schedule of the entire tournament. There's four games, and it's going to start at 9 a.m. in the morning on Saturday, January 2nd, 9 a.m. locally here uh, in Los Angeles, and it just goes bang, 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 four games, so look forward to that. Uh, that's on Saturday. You get a day off and on Sunday, and then they go Monday, Tuesday for the, the two semifinal games are on Monday, January 4th, and then the bronze medal game and the gold medal game, which are played back-to-back on Tuesday, January 5th. So this clear your schedule. Tuesday, January 5th. Hopefully uh, a lot of LA Kings prospects will be involved uh, in, in those uh, two games, four teams, and uh, there'll be some, some Kings prospects bringing home some, some, some hardware. But the real thing, though, DB, is, uh, man, Team USA looked so good in the exhibition game. I know it's an exhibition game, but they really, they really looked strong. Canada, uh, they gave everybody a good look of what I think the rest of the teams are worried about, and that is that Russia is, is going to have strong goaltending. Canada snuck away with a one nothing win while the Americans um, put up quite a few goals. Yeah, Skaroff looked really good. <laughs> yeah, the Americans put up quite a few goals on Finland. Uh, we're going to bring Steven Nelson in. He's from uh, NHL Network. He's going to be calling all of the Team USA games. We had him on last year, DB, and he was a lot of fun, so uh, we thought we'd bring him back again. Yeah, looking forward to it, Jay. Let's get to it. All right, on the other side of the break, Steven Nelson, right after this. With Metro by T-Mobile, your hard-earned money goes further. This tax season, there's zero fees to switch. Enjoy Metro's lowest price. Just 25 bucks a line for four lines. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Now that's the best deal in wireless. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. All lines lose promo rate if any deactivates. No fees on select phones. Limit one per line with eligible port. Exclude sales tax. Limited time offer. Additional terms apply. See MetroByTMobile.com. Second period. Welcome back, Kings of the Podcast, and we're happy to bring back onto the show. He was on last year, right before the World Juniors kicked off, so we could preview that tournament. Now, of course, with the greatest tournament in hockey ready to go again, we're bringing back Stephen Nelson. Now, Nelly, or I guess that's what we're going to call you. Uh, we've already had Nelson Emerson on the show. Some people call yeah. him Nelly, but he actually goes by Emmer, so I don't know. I guess... So I'll swoop in and take Nelly. Then. <laughs> just, so, just so there's no confusion. Yeah, we wouldn't want we wouldn't want any type of confusion. Now, uh, yep. it's been a year since we had you on, almost really 365 days uh, exactly. What's what's been going on over the last year? It's been a pretty pretty boring 2020. 
the first time 365 days it counts as a decade in our lives. Uh, it has been a long year, hadn't it, fellas? Yes. Gosh, I. <laughs> but it's great to be back with you, first of all. And yeah, uh, you know, I think um, the motto this year is just you know roll with the punches, and as uh, you know, long as your family has has good good health, and really everything after that is is a bonus. And you know, um, knock on wood, all of ours can continue to have that through through the holidays here, and. Um, with that being said, I, I could not be more ecstatic, more pumped um, to be back uh, doing the, the World Junior Championships. It's an honor. Now, of course, putting all of the safety precautions, and of course we do, like you, we wish you know everybody's healthy and happy and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I'm not trying to make light of it, but it was touch and go there. I mean, you know, with, with, with all of sports, right? You know, it took a long time. Yeah. The NHL is back, all of the major sports. What were what was the emotional ride like as you you know were sitting there wondering well are we going to do the World Juniors are we not doing the World Juniors when, when did you finally get the the go ahead when did you know yep it's on now you know we can start to take that first step honestly I think everybody at the network what was operating it, and you have to and I assume it's the same for the TSN crew as if it's going to happen because then you're prepared. Now, that's the crew as a whole. Me personally, you know, seeing the news coming out over the last few weeks, especially with the European teams, you know, coming over and the positive tests, and you do start to wonder, it's like, is this, is this going to happen? So for me, I was doing a bunch of baseball shows for MLB Network. And so I, I really um, didn't plug into the prep until, until all the countries got to Canada. So it's been a it's been a fun few days of just immersing myself in in all these these clubs and uh, the talent that will be there. I know everybody often focuses on the players who aren't participating. I think it does a disservice to those who are there. And frankly, getting to the bubble for this year in this tournament, um, I think that's a huge accomplishment uh, in the grand scheme of life. You know, playing this um, in the background of a global pandemic. Um, so yeah, I think the crew, everybody behind the scenes has been, you know, making progress here the last few weeks to making sure all the, uh, the nuts and bolts are tightened up. So we're ready to hit the ground running uh, on Christmas night. And, um, you know, will there be technical and, uh, other bumps along the way for sure, because this is uh, an unprecedented tournament, but, um, you know, that being said, it's, uh, it's uh, a privilege to be able to, to cover it. Yeah, and, and you do a fabulous job. We were pumping your tires last year. I, I think that an NHL team needs to give you a, give you a job. You do a fabulous <laughs> job, really, honestly, of calling play by play, uh, which is not easy. This, this next, John, <laughs> I, I I appreciate you saying that, but you must have like had a Twitter filter for my name last year because uh, I think oh. you're in the minority, my friend. No, well, uh, that's. <laughs> Look, Nelly, I need to give you some advice right now. Uh, somebody gave it to me early on, and I, I, I need to pass it on to you, which is don't read Twitter, okay? <laughs> you know? That makes for a healthier life. Yeah, right. yeah. It, the, the, the negativity that is on social media is so far in the minority, and um, yeah. it's so, so easy to get caught up in what somebody said, and uh, and then you just you have to be slapped back into reality with like, 
that's just one person. They're carrying their own anger. They have no idea what they're talking about. And uh, you just have to tell yourself what we tell ourselves, which is that, look, we have the best podcast that's out there. Dennis and I know that. So um, you, <laughs> yeah. you, you just have to look yourself in the mirror with daily affirmation. You really do call a, a great game. I, I, I've said that long before I ever met you. I was tweeting that. I, I, I can listen to you call a sure. hockey game any day of the week. So um, keep it up. Uh, but that's not what the next question is. I do, I do want to get to okay. some of the players and talk about that a little bit later. But yeah, my, my question is about more the preparation that goes into it. Because last year, mm. I guess this is a two-part question. Last year, you guys um, called the game remotely, which is kind of like practice yeah. for this year that you're doing it the same way. Mm. But I'm wondering, uh, during everything that's happened this year, and people have had to pivot and change and learn and do things differently. What have you learned, if anything, that you can carry into this year in terms of just sort of the way that we do things now in 2020 um, that would be different than, than maybe the way that you were preparing and calling for the games last year? That's a great question. First and foremost, John, you need a motivational app. I would subscribe to that in a heartbeat. Um, moving on to the answer of your question. Um, the thing that I learned last year when I kind of got kicked in the mouth uh, first game, USA-Canada, calling the game off the monitor. And I am like, I, I am a dog in a pool trying to tread water here. And watching that game back, which was tough to do, um, I, I learned that no matter how difficult the circumstances are mechanically for calling play-by-play off the monitor, you cannot let that impact the energy with which you call the game. And I did that first game. So that is something that I'm very cognizant of. And it was, you know, throughout the baseball season, I was fortunate to do a bunch of play-by-play for our MLB Network showcases and some YouTube games. But baseball is a totally different animal than hockey. I should say hockey is a totally different animal than baseball. Um, The lack of fans in Edmonton, in the building, um, you were going to be missing some buzz. So I have to find the sweet spot between making up for that lack of energy for the viewers at home and then not being cartoonish and doing too much. Because I do think there's a line that you can cross. And I'll I'll find that out uh, as we go along here. But I think that was the biggest thing that I learned last year in calling this tournament off a monitor is that however much you're struggling to identify, you know, jersey numbers or player names or what have you, or to figure out who you know, hopped on and off the ice while they were out of camera view. You cannot let that bring you down. Um, and so I'm, I'm focused on making sure that doesn't happen this time around. When Steve was on last year, like I agree with you. As soon as you said, let's bring him back on, it's a great guest. But I didn't really know a lot about him. So where do you go to find out about him? <laughs> his, his amazing LinkedIn page, which is, you know, some sports media guys take themselves very seriously. But if you read about Steven on there, he doesn't take himself seriously at all. But I will say this, Stephen, we've had over 60 shows. Mm-hmm. I think we've only had one magna cum laude on the show. And that's <laughs> you from Chapman University, correct? <laughs> oh, man. First of all, I I didn't know that I needed to keep up with my LinkedIn page. Like, I am very – of all the social media apps, that one is at the bottom for me in terms of, like, attention paid to. And I might need to go in there and clean it up a little bit. Um, but, yeah. That was back in the day where it was like, you know, I'm trying to find a job. Like, nobody would hire me. No one would even get back to me, fellas. And so I'm like, maybe if I, like, put in that I did well in school, they'll like me. <laughs> that's, that's how that made it in to the LinkedIn bio originally. I think 
I want to say that I have since removed it because I was like, God, oh, that that might be kind of cringe. I don't know. Like, okay, guy, you you read a book. Congrats. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, the I, the the point you, you made, DB, is, is uh, that stuff with me anyway. Is that yeah, I, I don't take myself too seriously. Like, and I I learned a long time ago that it's just um, it's just a better way to live. You know, you have fun. Um, be able to make fun of yourself and um, I don't know it's just a life's a more enjoyable experience that way and it's certainly been that way in this profession um, because if, if you're having fun then maybe the people on set with you are having fun too and then the crew in studio is having fun too and then then most likely the viewers are, are going to have fun now as we addressed earlier with social media that's not always going to be the case you know nine times out of ten it's going to be the positive and the the one will be the very loud one but yeah that's kind of the mindset just don't take yourself too seriously we are we are all specks of dust on a floating rock in the universe like it ain't that deep you know whatever's going on professionally so that's where i'm at and steven you worked for the ducks for a year right coming out of school right I, while I was in school, yes. Yeah. So you know, Chapman mm-hmm. University is is down the street from from right. the pond or, or, or Honda Center and and Angel Stadium. So there was a uh, a strong connection between the university and the game day production staff. So basically, anything you would see on the jumbotron, um, you know, that whole crew, camera operators, you know, graphics, uh, games, public address, all of that. And so it started, I, my foot in the door there was through the Angels, and then a, a huge chunk of that crew works across the street during hockey season. And so, yeah, I was able to, to get in there. And um, I, I mean, I, 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 lo- I really did love my time with both organizations. Got to meet and talk with a lot of people. You know, I still talk with John Ollers all the time. He's the play-by-play voice of the Ducks, of course. And um, yeah, it was a great experience. I mean, I was, I was very, very lucky. Um, to, to be able to have that chance and, you know, be so close for school. Now, on the World Junior Broadcast, your your partner, Dave Starman, uh, we love mm. him. He's, he's just amazing. I'm sure you do as well. Yeah. I'm, and I'm curious, yeah. you, you've had a year since, I think, I, I would assume, since you've worked with them. So what did you learn from him last year? And did you watch any of his college hockey broadcasts to sort of maybe pick up on his tendencies or, or just anything at all, just that you can tell us about the, the relationship, the partnership uh, with the Starman. I, I have, I, you know, I try to watch um, a lot before the first time that I work with him and, you know, getting a taste of his work along with Ben Holden, who I think is another outstanding play-by-play broadcaster. Uh, they, they have great chemistry together. Now, the thing that I learned quickly with Starman is that we do, I think we do have contrasting styles if I'm being honest a little bit, because I, I, I think of myself as very like, um, I, I want to be very conversational and, and more non-traditional, like the, especially when it's television, like the viewers at home can watch and see. And these days fans, uh, sports fans are a lot smarter or, or maybe they, some think they're a lot smarter than they are, but I do think as a whole. Are you reading and, Twitter again? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm just saying that the level, of, uh, the access to information and, and data and analytics and highlights and clips, uh, coaching, um, all of that uh, has has uh, raised the bar, I think, uh, for viewers as a whole. So for me, it's like, well, what, 
why do I need to spend time or waste viewers time? Um, like talking about stuff they already know and see. So let's have a little bit more fun. Let's be a little bit more conversational. Now, now star is definitely like, he is a true color analyst. Like he, I don't think he has any interest in turning it, turning a broadcast into a talk show. Like he wants to do the games. And I think that first tournament Victoria, I, I learned that the, the hockey audience by and large, they just want you to do the games, the bells and whistles that you work in, or you try and be different. Like it, it's fun and cute here and there, but when push comes to shove, give us the tournament. Is that just so, the coach in him though? <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably, probably. So I remember like, all right, Dave, like, you know, I really want to like, you know, break the fourth wall. I'm always a big about that because I don't want to talk down to viewers. I want them to feel like a part of the conversation. So I'm like, you know, if we're going to talk about, for example, in this tournament, if we're going to talk about Maddie Beneers being, you know, a top 2021 draft prospect, I can bring that up in conversation. But why not open the floor to, you know, Bobby, who has been watching him in Ann Arbor, Michigan, who has a question like, how good is Matt, really is Matt Beneers? Like, where could he go in the draft? Well, instead of me asking the question, I'll ask it for Bobby in Ann Arbor. And then Dave, he's going to give the same insight anyway. Uh So why not give that microphone, that platform to these fans who are spending their time with us? So that is my whole thing. But as long as it's not like, you know, would you rather have Maddie Beneers or (laughs) Alexi Lafreniere? You know, like, because then it's like, okay, this has become into like an analyst, uh, you know, conversation debate show. And that I get. So it's finding the, the right moments, uh, the right avenues, and the right triggers um, to, to make the broadcast a little bit more fun and conversational um, and interactive. Steven, I want to talk a little bit about the craft and preparation. And you mentioned MLB, so I'll draw the comparables. Um, you got a call on Tuesday. You're going to do Yankees-Mariners on Thursday. You've seen probably 90% of those players, you know, storylines, you know, the managers, when you do this tournament, you're calling play by play. So like, how do you prep for that? How do you identify these players as you call the game? Is it memorization? Are you looking at a lot of video? Like it's, it's so different to step in the tournament where you're getting players from all over the world that we really don't readily recognize. So, so how's your preparation with respect to identifying and calling the games? No, DB, that's, that's a great question. And I think it's a, it's a more complicated answer than, than some might assume. So, for this tournament and this year specifically, because we weren't able to go to the camp and watch these guys up close and just, you know, see what they look like, you know, in a uniform, um, how they skate, their their movements, their right. everything, their sticks, everything. And so you're going in kind of blind. And so I'm very thankful that we got eight returners on this team um, because that does help. I have actually been resistant or hesitant to watch their um, their college film or their mm-hmm. most recent film, which may seem counterintuitive, but I don't want to be programming their names and numbers that are different to what I'm going to be calling during the game. Mm-hmm. Because a huge part of what I'm going to have to do calling off the monitor is see number, say name. So memorization, like you hit on, is, is something that you know I'm kind of tuning up here as uh, as we get ready to drop the puck just because I'll need to be ready to go. And if I, you know, watch, you know, Tyler Clevin's highlights at North Dakota, 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, there, there could be some element of confusion potentially. So that, that's at least how I've been getting ready for it. After beyond that, I think I tr- you try not to get too in the weeds. Like I do over prepare. I have a bunch of notes and I honestly, I, I might only get to five, 10% of them. Um, but you'd still rather have that in the bag, uh, ready to go. Um, because, you know, if, if Drew Hellison makes a play, you know, we can talk about, you know, his time at Shattuck St. Mary's and what is Shattuck St. Mary's. Or, you know, by the time it's game three, maybe we'll want to focus on what Drew Hellison has done in, in the lead up to that. You know, what he's done in the first two games. Oh, you know, he had the, the great clutch shot block against Team Russia to help deserve a victory. You know, he's been getting more and more ice time. Would I rather talk about that to give more context to what we're seeing in the World Junior Championships? Or do I want to go down an anecdote rabbit hole? So um, that that's kind of where my mindset is. It's like just, just, you know, know enough, have enough notes about each individual player um, just in case uh, becomes uh, they become a storyline or a focal point. Uh, but by and large, I'm going to let Star provide the color, uh, at least at the outset. And so, yeah, I'm just uh, taking numbers, taking names, doing a lot of memorization. My wife will throw a number. I'll give a name. She'll throw a name. I'll have to give a number just to try and make sure my identification speed is where it needs to be. Number 11 on USA. Brock Faber. Of course, Brock Faber having an outstanding <laughs> uh, freshman season at uh, Minnesota. We can talk about that. Yeah. In, in your notes, though, here, here's a couple things. First of all, make sure that for Arthur Kaliev, you, of course, have hashtag Artie Party, the most important thing to find a way to work into the broadcast. So I have I have been told that <laughs> when Arthur Kaliev scores a goal, mm-hmm. that there will be something on social media that <laughs> yes. plays to the party heartstrings. Mayor, so just be on the be on the lookout for that from USA Hockey. I can't divulge what it is, okay, but I've been told that we, there will be a celebration of some sort. All right, I'm ready for the arty party, as I think we all are. And uh, you can add this to your notes on Shattuck. Of course, everybody wants to talk about the fact that Sidney Crosby went there, but also yeah, don't forget yeah. that uh, you know, knowing that you're from Southern California, uh, former Kings coach Andy Murray coached at Shattuck, and also current mm-hmm. Kings GM Rob Blake, his son Jack went to Shattuck. Uh, and his, so there you go. It's a couple little footnotes for you. Uh, back, oh, yes. Just here to help, man. Here to help. Yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm writing them down right now. Oh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> let's see. So Brock Faber, we also, uh, let's see, who a 15, of course. I'm sure you were, he's a returning player. Alex so, Turcotte, yes, yes. Of course, Alex Turcotte. And then uh, 28. Artie Party. Yes, the Artie Party. There you go. Uh, I, I'm not going to confuse you with the story that I would tell you about Artie's numbers because I don't want to do that to you. So we'll leave that for yeah. we'll leave that for after the tournament. I'll tell you all about that. Um, <laughs> yeah. we, we've discussed it plenty here on Kings of the Podcast, so that's fine. Yes, yeah, I'm like Jim, Jim Carrey in the car and Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> <laughs> la, 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 yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep you focused, man. I'm gonna keep you focused. There's a big game coming up on Christmas Day to kick the tournament off with Team USA and Russia. But hey, you know we yeah. booked your we booked your appearance on the program. Uh, strategically from a timing perspective we wanted to get through the exhibition games which are now completed and there are obviously the big storyline is Kirby Doc being out of the tournament now for Team Canada but I'm just curious did you watch the exhibition games and um, if so did you come away with any sort of nuggets or or were you just sort of trying to soak it all in because like you said you guys weren't able to attend the practices as you uh, have been able to in the past 
Yeah, first of all, I'm so gutted for Kirby Doc. You know, you guys, we talked about this last year, I think. You know, even though I grew up in Southern California, my father being from Chicago, I'm, I'm a diehard Hawk fan. And uh, one, you just you feel terrible for a kid who's going to be the captain of Team Canada mm-hmm. at home. You know, after what was a phenomenal, you know, postseason for him last year to finish with, with Chicago. So it's just awful news. But um, as for the exhibition games for, for Team USA, yes, that – as I, well, I didn't want to watch film before of all these guys. That is film and a game that I am definitely watching and uh, will rewatch, in fact, uh, to help with the numbers and familiarity and all that. Now, takeaways from that game turned from X's and O's. I thought that was about as perfect an exhibition as Nate Lehman could have hoped for. Mm-hmm. One, you're playing a quality opponent and a country that has frankly had your number. Mm-hmm. Uh, in recent years uh, in this age group. So to get that fin- finished test, um, one that you likely won't have to face until the metal rounds, I think was good just to see where they're at. Five on five, I actually thought they their their play was outstanding. It, you know, already taking a, the getting two and ten right out the gate there, uh, perhaps a product of having not played a hockey game in eight, nine months. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you, you know, you can't, you can't go too hard on them there. I'm glad that nobody got hurt. Um, you know, special teams, goaltending, the two, you know, perennially uh, biggest topics for every country that wants to win. You need good goaltending and you need to have quality special teams. Uh, is there some work to do there? Yes, uh, for, for Team USA. But, uh, you know, that's to be expected um, since that was their first game together. Now, talking to, to Nate um, and to some of the players, uh, they they really wanted to use that game to give a lot of runs to guys like Kaliev and Zegris and guys who haven't been playing recently just so they can get their game legs under them. And um, I think it was another opportunity for the newcomers to understand what everybody's been imparting on them. And that is how fast this tournament is. Not like how quickly it goes, you know, seven games. Uh, it's a big sprint in 10, 11 days. Uh, the pace of each and every game. And that really surprised a lot of the guys last year, whether it be Cam York, whether it be Cole Caulfield, whether it be Trevor Zegris, all those guys that every game that we played was the fastest game of our lives. And so for, you know, the other guys on this roster who don't have that experience, they hear the returner saying that, but that exhibition gives them a little taste. (laughs) And then it's going to be dialed up to 11 when the puck drops against Russia, because, after Team Canada, I, I do think that everybody would slot in Russia as the second favorite for gold in front of Team USA. That's that's my interpretation of of, of this tournament going in. So um, anyway, to, to, to wrap up the point, I, I do think that the exhibition was a good one. It was good that Cole was able to light the lamp after a quiet tournament just to see the puck go in the back of the net on you know as you're getting ready for the stage. I know the game didn't count. But I think that's massive for him as he and others have made big strides since last year. Question about the NHL. 56 Mm. games, 10 games, Calgary, Edmonton, eight games, Pittsburgh, Philly, eight games, Rangers, Islanders, eight games, Kings, Ducks, Kings, Sharks. Your thoughts about the coming season and that schedule? Things are going to get a little mean, aren't they, fellas? I mean, I I feel like we're going to see some some chippiness and some sparks fly. I mean, that's just a natural product of, of, of a situation like that. I, I mean, you put hyper-competitive, super-physical athletes 
together for, for one night. Uh, you can see fireworks doing it um, that many times in a condensed timeline. Yeah, uh, it could there could be some gong shows. And, and you know, maybe that's an archaic uh, way to think about it. But I'm going to be honest, that's the first thing I thought of. Like, oh, man, we're going to see some, some things turned up. I also think that some of the, the, the alignment, it's going to make for, you know, the um, – the reigniting of some rivalries, you know, I'm thinking Hawks, Red Wings, and you know, how much of these young guys who really haven't had that for the last couple of years, do they even care anymore? You know, will it be a thing? Like those are some of the, the, um, the, the, the narrative, the, the storylines that uh, I'll be paying attention, attention to uh, beyond just the X's and O's. But I mean, Look, the fact that the, the league and the Players Association, again, you know, for the second time in, you know, you know, less than a year, have been able to come together, put their heads together, and, you know, find compromise and common ground and, and make tough decisions or, you know, who knows the, the kind of sacrifices that were made behind, behind the scenes uh, to, you know, to, to get these deals done from, from the restart to now. Uh, I mean, it's... I think it's I think it says a lot. I think it says a lot about the game and, and the people in it. You know, is it is it going to be perfect? You know, no, um, but you know, nothing in 2020 has been perfect, to be frank. And um, you know, as long as uh, the health and safety protocols are, are you know up to par, uh, which is going to be difficult given that it's not a bubble setting like the postseason was. Um, I think you know that's obviously first and foremost. But uh, yeah, I. <laughs> I feel the penalty, penalty, it's hard to socially distance in penalty boxes. They might want to expand those things a little bit. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Uh, well, hey, look, Nelly, we appreciate you coming back on the show. Strong second appearance. High marks for you. Good job. Uh, look look forward to the tournament, of course. Uh, my parting advice, of course, would be to stay off of Twitter, although people can follow you on Twitter, at Steven Nelson. He calls a great game. Can't wait to uh, to hear you doing it again. And, you know, for, uh, for what a terrible year 2020 has been, been. Things have lined up perfectly, in my opinion, because the NHL made the wise decision to push the start of the season off to after World Juniors. So yeah. everybody right now in the hockey world, uh, they are able to you know focus and pay attention to the World Junior Championship. So that's great. Uh, when At some point when you have some downtime, though, you need to jump onto Lincoln, clean things up. And uh, yep. we need to get you an NHL gig. So I, I, just a small request on the way out the door, and that is I, I know you're doing work with MLB Network, and, and that's great. Everybody has bills to pay, but don't fall too in love with baseball because we need you uh, on the play-by-play side for hockey, okay? Uh, all right, look, Mayor DB, I could not love you guys more. I, as honestly, I, I was hopeful and to, to get the call again to come back on with you before this tournament, and I'm grateful to have, to have done this, and I look forward to doing it again. I, look, I'm, I will take any opportunity to call a hockey game as I can. Like I've, you can count them on basically, uh, your hands and feet now, how many hockey broadcasts I've done in my life. And it's an itch that, uh, you know, I, 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 I want to scratch basically. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would, I would never ever close that door, you know, as much as I love baseball. Um, so I appreciate you thinking that highly of me. As soon as I hang up the phone, I'm logging on to LinkedIn. I have to remember what my <laughs> password was. I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure. Hopefully it was like ABC one, two, three. 
Otherwise, uh, we're, as a Blackhawks fan, it, it might have been Ronick ninety-seven or no Ronick twenty-seven. <laughs> he was twenty-seven in Chicago, so you might want to check that. You know one. what? My first, my first screen name on AOL. I don't want to age myself here or ourselves here. But it did have the number ninety-seven in it. Oh, there you and go. No, I, no lie, it was like HB Skater ninety <laughs> HB Hockey or something like that. It was brutal. Well, uh, anyway, have- fellas. Thank you. I, sorry, I just want—I just want to say thank you again, and uh, happy holidays to, to you and your family. You know, as, as healthy and happy as you can expect to make it in the year of our Lord, 2020. I hope it reaches that. Well, thank you for coming back on. We appreciate it, and uh, yeah, we'll have you back on again, and we can talk all about Jeremy Roenick and how it's a travesty that he is not in the Hockey Hall of Fame. But until then. It's all about the World Juniors. Uh, go study up. Remember, 11, 15, 28. Those are your three numbers to key on. Faber, Turcotte, Kaliev. Got it. All right, Nelly. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. <laughs> See you, fellas. There you Thank go. You. Steven Nelson from NHL Network. He will be calling the World Junior Championships. We'll talk more about that on the other side of the break. Welcome back to the third period of Kings of the Podcast with DB and the Mayor. Third period. DB, how about it? Uh, Steven Nelson, Nelly coming back onto the program. I thought it was a strong second, second performance there. He's fun. Look, I love the fact that he doesn't take himself seriously because there's too many people in this business that do. So he's great. Looking forward to it. He needs to turn his notifications off on Twitter. That will <laughs> certainly help his effort over the next couple of days. But uh, yeah, really uh, smart, uh, funny guy. And I'm glad he decided to come back on and join us. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one of the interesting points uh, that I took away from that and hadn't really thought about it, but it's so true. And that is the in the preparation to not watch those other games because, yeah, you you do get confused. It's it's funny because I've made a similar point uh, on here talking about, you know, rain players and how a guy will wear one jersey number and then when he comes up to the Kings, it's so confusing. Um, you know, you, you learn him a certain way. You know, like a Brickley wears eight in Ontario. Why would you wear eight in Ontario? You're never going to wear eight in Los Angeles. Like, pick a different number, right? Uh, and Michael Amadio, we talked about, he, he did carry over his number from the rain, so thank you to him, although we're trying to get him to move off that, but that's a different thing altogether. Um, yeah, you, you you can't watch. So he doesn't even know how good Brock Faber has been because he didn't want to watch Brock Faber, uh, who got off to a great start, even as uh, USGM John Van Biesbrook was talking to us about on the program recently. Yeah, it's it's an unusual and unique way to approach it. And that's why I wanted to talk to him about his craft. And, you know, John, we mentioned the schedule earlier, but in this tournament, usually the bottom feeders in the tournament are relegated down to the second uh, tier tournament but for this year only um there's no relegation so no matter how bad any of these teams may play they'll be back in the juniors uh next year in edmonton as well yeah it is it is a different year and you're right normally nine and ten face off in a two out of three mini tournament that takes place while all the other teams are in the playoffs these two play a two out of three to to relegate one of the teams and uh, I, I personally I, I still go to those games when I'm at the tournament because uh, you know they're fighting for their lives I remember watching Kazakhstan uh, in Vancouver uh, and or maybe it was in Buffalo I'm sorry I get too confused sometimes but uh, watching the Kazakhstan team and they had the one fan in the crowd and in, in, I'll never forget this uh, he had the Kazakhstan jersey on and he's going crazy I mean absolutely crazy there couldn't have been more than 100 people 
people in the building. He's going nuts, everything that happens. And at the very end of the game, uh, they won. And, and the goalie, who could clearly hear him because the building was empty, the goalie for Kazakhstan turns around uh, and, and sort of taps the glass and points at the guy. And oh, the, the guy might have fainted right then and there. I mean, he just, he was over the moon. And that can't happen when Canada's playing Finland, right? That's not going to happen. Right, right um, for sure. But, you know, speaking of those fans, though, I made mention of this earlier about the, the funny thing about Canada and, and, and Finland. The, the tournament's in Canada. Everybody expects Canada to win the tournament. This is up in Vancouver. And Finland knocks them out. And then it's Finland-U.S. in the final. And the, the game's completely sold out. It's Canada, right? And But they were expecting to see their team. And they're walking into the building. And you could just feel it. They didn't know who to root for. Sure. Who do you who do you cheer for? Do you cheer for Finland? <laughs> well, you can't because they knocked you out of the tournament. Do you cheer for the U.S.? Hell no, you don't cheer for the no U.S. No way, right. Exactly. So, so for the, exactly. So for the first period... They didn't know what to do. They were just sort of, <laughs> they were sort of settling in, right? And by the time the second period rolled around, they had they had somewhat decided to suspend, uh, you know, reality or whatever, and they had forgotten that Finland knocked them out. They just th- their hatred for America had come through, and uh, they had to boo the team Team USA, which featured Mikey Anderson. Can't mention that enough. Uh, and they were all in on on Kako Kako and uh, and and Team Finland. So well, that was a fantastic game too. The gold medal games always end up just really being are, uh man. memorable dramatic, games right? yeah and exactly. what a what a great way to end the tournament right i mean it just it peaks perfectly uh this tournament's important to these young kids dennis oh absolutely it's a hey, look remember what luke said it was career defining for him yeah steven was uh and let me before i mention the steven part um you did mention back in edmonton and that is one of the good things they have already laid out the next, I think, 10 or 12 host cities or host countries for the World Juniors. This thing is projected out for a really long time, so it's hard to move and, and be nimble, which they needed to do. So for all the fans that weren't able to attend this year in Red Deer and uh, Edmonton, because it's a, it's a dual city that normally hosts, um, what they've done is they've... They swapped years. So in a couple years from now, I think it's three years from now, Canada was set to host the tournament again. And Sweden was actually scheduled to host it one year from now. And Sweden and Canada flip-flopped. So thank you to all the Swedes uh, for agreeing to do that. Canada will host the tournament again next year, hopefully with fans in the stadium or in the the arenas. Wow, I just did one of my famous uh, things that that bugs me. Um, I can't even believe that. Uh, But leave it in, Dennis. You don't have to edit that out. We all make mistakes, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, in the same arena. So it'll be Red Deer and Edmonton. Mr. Perfection. I, I know. I, I'm struggling with, do we edit that out or not? Uh, we can leave it in. That's fine. It's Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm human. I make mistakes. Uh, arenas, not stadiums. Stadiums are outdoors. It's where you play football. Arenas have roofs on them. Okay. Uh, next year, it'll be back in Edmonton and Red Deer, which is great, hopefully with fans inside. And then, uh, and then the, the schedule continues on from there. So uh, it'll be back in Canada. I don't think the U.S. hosts again. If I remember the schedule correctly, Dennis, it's like 2025. It's, 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 it's quite a way. And remember, the years are always one year ahead. It, it is confusing because this is not the 2020 tournament. Right. This is the 2021 tournament because 2021 tournament, right. it's based mm-hmm. upon when you win the, the gold medal. So since the gold medal is always awarded in the first week of January, this is the 2021 tournament. So I think the 2025 tournament, which would be four years from now, is going to be hosted by the U.S. And my best guess, Dennis, it's going to be in Vegas. Really? That would be wow. That would be fantastic. 
you know, the Frozen Four is coming to Vegas in a couple of years. Um, so college hockey is already is already all in. And uh, I just think that would be fabulous. Uh, it, you know, it is it's like Nashville. It is the market uh, that, that is really, you know, coming on strong. And look, they've done the Northeast cities. They've done Boston. You know, they've right. done Chicago. You know, they've they've even done North Dakota. Um, I get that it's sort of a, a tough sell in certain markets. But hey. You can do the tournament in Vegas. They have an AHL team now there. Hockey is exploded in in Las Vegas. Um, you know they're going to make a bid. They bid on everything there. They bid on every high-priced free agent. They're going to put a bid in for the tournament. So why not? Let's get it to Vegas. The only thing that concerns me is the age of the kids. And that, that's just a little bit weird. <laughs> you don't want okay. 18-year-olds running Fair around point. Vegas. Fair point. All right. Uh, Dennis, last thing just to wrap up here then today before we move on, wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, Nelly talked a little bit about Kirby Doc there and uh, you know what a blow that is for Team Canada. The Kings can obviously relate to that with Rasmus Kapari, who was injured in the first game of the tournament last year uh, with Team Finland. But just any thoughts about Kirby Doc and the Blackhawks and Canada and, and just sort of uh, your reaction to, to what happened last night in the exhibition game? It's just so unfortunate. And we still don't know the extent of the injury, but it's tough. I mean, because now how long is it going to be sideline for the Blackhawks? And there's the argument that the Rangers used with Lafreniere. I'm not playing him in this tournament as well. But, uh, yeah, it's tough to have Canada being robbed of their probably their best player and their center. But, you know, it opens up the door for our friend Quentin Byfield. Um, maybe even a bigger opportunity now. But, uh, yeah, tough blow for both Team Canada and the Chicago Blackhawks. We hope it's not that serious and he's on the mend and back playing soon. Okay, while you were answering that question, Dennis, I uh, took my soapbox out and I dusted it off and I'm going to get on top of it now. Uh, speaking of Twitter, can everybody pump the brakes and please calm down about Quentin Byfield being on the fourth line? Relax, everybody. Oh, yeah. Every forward on the uh, the roster for Team Canada is a first-round draft pick. Byfield is the youngest player in camp. Yes, he's a returning player. He had a, a minor, a supporting role last year. He wasn't one of the stars of the team last year. It's not like he was penciled in as the first-line center. They're very deep at center. And uh, he also got off to a slow start at camp because he missed the first couple days of training camp due to some delays in his, his testing. If you listen to the coach, uh, and I've been on the media calls after the games and after the practices, if, and I've tweeted out the quotes for everybody. If you listen to the coach, he'll tell you that Canada really has one line, two, three, and four are kind of interchangeable. Uh, he doesn't want to make a big deal out of it. Uh, he, and he's just praised Byfield every time a question has been asked about Byfield. Says that he's very coachable. He's gotten better throughout uh, the camp. He's gotten better at practice. Uh, they've, he's improved in any, any area that they've tried to you know, ask him to make adjustments or improvements in. He also called him one of the best players in the game last night and used a lot of other positive terms to talk about Byfield. So calm down, everybody. I know that you're bummed and you were hoping that he was going to you know, uh, be, be the top center and he was going to play 28 minutes a game. There's plenty of time. This was training camp. You guys are getting all worked up over nothing. There was one exhibition game. Let the tournament breathe a little bit. It, 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 it evolves. There are changes. Every year, there, the, the tournament evolves. So let each game happen and then and, and see what happens in the following game. And, you know, we're two weeks away, which sounds like a long time, uh, but it'll happen very quickly. And by the time we get to the medal rounds, things will have a way of sorting themselves out. It means nothing about Byfield's future with the L.A. Kings. So calm down. Well, I watched the exhibition game on Wednesday. He was physical. He didn't look out of place. He didn't look like he was overmatched. I, I don't know what people could complain about. 
Um, and I agree Dennis, with Dennis, you. you don't know Coach what people said, can complain about? <laughs> I don't know. I watched the game. I'm going, well, he fits right in. He looks like he, he's taking the shit. Even took a, a big hit, was on the ice for a couple seconds. and got a little nervous. But he looked fine. I mean, and again, John, as you said, he's 18 years old, but he looked like he deserved to be on the team. So I don't I, I have no idea what the complaint could be about watching him last night. People get no, there was no last night. The, the complaint seemed to sort of subside a little bit. But up until last night, it was a barrage on social media about fourth him line. being the fourth Ooh. line center. It's like, man, get over it. I mean, just stop with all this nonsense. The lines aren't locked in. It's not it's not an indictment of, of you know, uh, of something or anything for that matter. Just relax, everybody. Just let the tournament People go at you. Uh Oh, Mary's on the fourth. line. Yes. What does that mean? Yes, it means nothing. Just watch the games. Talk to me after the tournament. Tell me if he had a great tournament or a bad tournament. That's fine. Talk to me even after the games. Did he have a bad game? I don't want to hear. Man, I'm channeling, channeling my inner uh, Allen Iverson here. I don't want to hear about practice. I don't care about where he is at practice and what happens. Uh, you know, the, co the coach, it's meaningless. And the coach talked about it after the game last night. He said, look, there's a reason that Byfield was out there in the final minute of the game. He earned it. He played his way up into that opportunity. He had a great game. And so he earned it. So there you go. Every game he's going to earn it and he's going to do fine. So Calm down, everybody. Just enjoy the tournament. Nine LA Kings prospects. They're spread across every team, practically. Uh, they're, you know, six of, the, six of the 10 teams, I should say. But uh, nine prospects, three of them on Team USA, two on Team Canada, uh, plus Bjornfoot and all these other guys. Every day of the tournament, uh, the Kings will be featured in at least one game, sometimes multiple games, and sometimes Kings on Kings crime where they face off against each other. So enjoy the tournament. All right, let's wrap this up. It's been a great week of shows. Last year, I nearly killed you, Dennis, by doing five shows. This year, we only did three, but they were three real bangers. Uh, we kicked off season two yes. with Luke Robitaille. Great episode. I encourage everybody to listen to that. Uh, second episode, we had Todd McClellan on. He, As you said, he was very transparent, very open. If you want to know what's going on with the LA Kings, uh, what's been going on during uh, 2020, and if you want to know what he has planned for training camp, including the line combinations and whatnot, listen to Todd. He was fantastic and of course Stephen Nelson returning today was great so three great episodes before we send everybody off though Dennis I do just have to ask December 25th most people are tied up with Christmas what are you doing what do you have planned for the 25th on direct TV and we both have direct TV <laughs> there's the long longhorn network okay. which is the University of Texas on Christmas Day mm -hmm. they have the show called Bevo home for the holidays which okay. is the mascot of the University of Texas is Bevo a uh -huh. longhorn steer he basically sits in his pen and they play Christmas music behind it. So if you ever see the Yule log, like on channel five or channel nine with the, uh, the fireplace being played Christmas music, they substitute Bevo okay. and you get Christmas music. So right. uh, PJ and I usually watch that on Christmas. We actually, John, we actually have it teed up to be recorded so we can watch it. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, in between all of that, Dennis, there are, wow, I don't even know where to go, but there are two uh, World Junior previews. You can watch two different ones. The NHL Network is doing their own preview, and then they're also going to air the TSN preview. So I guess if you want the American uh, tilted preview of the tournament, you can watch the NHL Network version, and if you want to watch the Canadian tilted version, you can watch the TSN. That's going to be on, I think that's on today, the 24th, and then uh, the tournament kicks off on the 25th. So when you're not watching uh, Christmas music with, with uh, a steer eating hay, then be sure to tune in the the, uh, the at least at the end of the day, Dennis, because you have Russia versus the U.S. to kick off the World Junior Tournament. There you go. Thanks to Stephen Nelson for joining us, and uh, DB can't wait to do this again. We'll be back soon, and next time we'll uh, probably start talking more about the LA Kings with training camp coming up on the 31st.
Also, you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus. The bulbous walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.